Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. Episode 154 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. We're just going to keep rolling, Ricky. Uh, this is the NFL Stadium Game Day Experience Rankings, part one of a part three of a three-part series. Today, we're going to be going over 32 to 20, our ranking on, or 32 to 21, our ranking of the NFL stadiums. So this is the this is the bottom tier right here. Not to say you shouldn't be going to these games or these stadiums, especially if they're your home team and all that, but we're just ranking them. No holds bar right here. No looking back. Going to take some heat for some of these ones, Rick. Definitely. And Rob, it's important to note that a lot of these stadiums are older ballparks. These were ones that were built a long time ago. And when they were created, they were state-of-the-art. Uh, many of them have hosted incredible games themselves and, and major world experiences as well, which we'll dive into here. But Oh, no as- doubt about it. No doubt about it. They just need a facelift. Maybe the location, uh, maybe the atmospheres in general, but um, you know, I think uh, I think the fans are going to hear our take on these. And you look if you've been listening to the Brothers Brand podcast, you know we love traveling, we love checking out the stadiums. We we always look on the bright side of the stadiums, try to find things that we like. We always try to uh, be positive about the atmosphere and experience. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, we're we're, we're going to talk about it. Let's get into it here, Rob. We love the National Football League, so let's talk about the home of all these National Football League teams, starting off with the worst field and stadium in the NFL. And this is no no offense. It's just factual. In fact, it's so factual. They've been trying to get out of this stadium for quite some time and build a new one or leave town. That is none other than the Washington Commanders. They play their games at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. This stadium was built in 1997, and perhaps it had something to do with the team's production. But initially, the stadium was built to hold over 91,000 fans. It looks Super Bowl winning, Super Bowl winning franchise there. It is, but not since they built the stadium. And to date, they only hold 58,000. So um, rarely does a stadium reduce its capacity. I think part of it had to do with. Uh, their draw and the team's performance on the actual field. But at the same point uh, that we're referring to here, I don't think people necessarily really have enjoyed going to this stadium. Just alone, traffic is brutal. So there's like one way in, one way out of Landover. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's not a good setup. And uh, last year, I remember watching a game where uh, literally the pipes burst. And I don't know if it was sewage water or just – Water in general was pouring onto fans in the mezzanine section. <laughs> and there's not there's, there's not much more like I mean we could bash this probably for the rest of the episode, but <laughs> I feel I feel bad doing so. I think the Commanders 
Uh, in the next five years, we're going to see the trajectory turn with new ownership. But ladies and gentlemen, if there's a stadium to maybe bypass, it's the Washington Commanders in Landover FedEx Field. Mm, mm, absolutely. Uh, happy Josh Harris bought that. Uh, Sixers owner, uh, owner of a lot of franchises. He's going to turn that around. He knows that a new stadium is absolutely necessary. He knows that that's priority number one. So I'm excited to see what they do. Um, all right. So my take on on uh, 31 is we're going to go back and forth on this. And it's actually a double take. Um, it is the New York Jets and the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium in New York City, East Rutherford. It was built in 2010, 82,500 uh, uh, capacity. It, it held a Super Bowl, uh, the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. Uh, Rick, I know on your list you have a little bit further down, but I got to be honest with you. I hate MetLife. Every time I go there, I'm reminded of why I, di- I don't like it. And the reason why I don't like it is because I think it's the biggest mistake of a stadium. I know it was built in 2010, but you have two powerhouse franchises. You have the New York metropolitan area, and they spent a billion dollars on it. And I don't, frankly, I don't care how much more it would cost because you're already a billion in. Put a dome over it. I think it's the biggest mistake that they did not dome MetLife or build it in a way to actually dome it future in future um, to hold the Super Bowl, to hold concerts left and right. Are you kidding me? That would be such an amazing venue for concerts. And they would get the Super Bowl every year and they would get March Madness and they would get all this other stuff. Also, the location is horrific. Like you're in the swamps of Jersey. It's not enjoyable driving out there. You're literally in the cattail swamps of Jersey. Not a great atmosphere. Uh, and and also when you're in the stadium, I've been there so much. Like I like stadiums that you could like walk around the whole concourse, get a feel for like the lower bowl or the mezzanine or like whatever it is. And it's designed like that. It's a bowl. You should be able to walk all the way around. And you're not. You have to like take escalators and go up and down to get into the right sections. Now, I will say they apparently have the best suites, but you know what? The Brothers Brand Faithful are not the suite owners. They're not going to the suites. They're 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 the people that are in the upper decks. They're the people that are coming in every single day, uh, earning that dollar bill, you know, fighting to get tickets, all that stuff. So I'm going to go with the New York Jets and Giants, 30 and 31. It's embarrassing. The mic drop right there on your hometown stadium. You grew up going to. Um, uh, I don't. Ha- I don't have a lot to disagree with what you're saying, Rob. A lot of it is very accurate, and I too am not necessarily a fan of MetLife Stadium. It is ranked in my bottom tier, uh, a little bit further down. A couple points to touch on while we're talking about this stadium is they had to do something that was unique. Okay, um, at the time they were the only. The only stadium the only city that had two teams in one stadium so there was this joint venture between the owners to try to create a stadium that each of them could agree upon and i just think it's an example of them both compromising and then at the end of the day they didn't come out with anything that anybody really enjoys there's uh, some unique features to the stadium where with a click of a button the lights can change from blue to green throughout the whole stadium 
from Jets to Giants. Yeah. Uh, I love the forklifts, how they can remove the end zones from Jets to Giants. It actually takes 18 hours to do so. There's 40 sections in each end zone of turf that get lifted up and then stored away. And so they have to swap that out and all of the different things that make it personal to the Jets and Giants each week. It's fun when there's actually a game on like a Sunday night and then a Monday night and they have to turn the stadium over super quickly. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. It's not a good stadium. I'm not a fan of the location. Uh, at one point, the Jets looked at building a stadium in New York City, in Manhattan, where they eventually built Hudson Yards. That would have been pretty pretty crazy, to be that honest. That epic. Yeah. And so um, I'll, I'll agree with you. This is just not a good stadium. And we'll keep the rankings going here and – uh, I'm going to shoot to my number 30, and we'll go with the Chicago Bears, Soldier Field. This stadium was constructed in 1924. They are 99 years old. This stadium seats 61,000. It's actually the smallest stadium in the NFL. Now, in 2003, just at the turn of the century, they did reconstruct the stadium. They did adjust it, and... Uh, they tried to modernize it, and they've done a decent job with it. There's uh, reports and rumors swirling around that they will look to leave Soldier Field in the coming years and build a brand new stadium a few miles away where there's more land. This was built closer to the downtown Chicago area, but uh, a lot of history here. The stadium itself, very archaic and well past its prime. Mm, mm, mm. Look, I don't I don't disagree with the, the, the Panthers selection there, by the way. I mean, like, it, it's on my list. It's on my back third. But I like how it's wedged in the city. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Listen, I had the Carolina Panthers Stadium, Bank of America Stadium, built in 1996 in Charlotte, North Carolina, at my 31st worst, worst stadium. Um, listen, it's, it's, they're also trying to get out of there. They've got ownership that's looking to build a new stadium. They've done some renovations to keep it somewhat up to date. I think it's cool that they have these massive snarling Panthers outside of the gates as you enter into the stadium. These statues truly are, uh, ginormous and they'll, they catch your attention. It's like the number one photo outside the stadium as you're going in on game day. One thing that is a really, um, Sad thing for football fans is that when they built this stadium in 1996, they were the first organization and the first stadium to create the personal seat license, PSLs, which we are familiar with in the sports industry. This was something that was new to sports, where as a season ticket holder, yes, the the Panthers started that. Yeah. So you could go and just buy season tickets. Let's just call it a hundred bucks for a ticket for each game and you and your family get a couple tickets and you get them for all the home games. Well, what they enacted was this concept of a personal seat license. So you have to buy the license to the seat in the stadium for a fee of let's call it $15,000, $20,000, depending on where you're sitting. Sometimes these are now like 50, 60, $70,000. You pay this PSL. It's a one-time payment. You can break it up into different payments. It doesn't have to all be up in one big chunk. But essentially what you're doing is you're forking over a lump sum at the very beginning to own the license to the seat. 
which then by contract, you then have to buy the season tickets for the seat itself. Now you do quote unquote, own that location, that seat location all the way through. What is going on your screen? There was balloons that are popping up. What is happening? I'm not going to fight it. You know, I'm not going to fight it. This is a celebratory (laughs) moment here in the brother's brand history. I saw confetti and balloons coming through. I didn't click anything. I don't know what's happening. I may have said something that triggered the the celebration, but the government theories listen to you, man. Needless to say, what these now sports teams have done is found another lucrative way to pocket a lot of money Mm -hmm. for people to go to sporting events as season ticket holders. And so um, it's part of why I put the Carolina Panthers stadium so far back. These were the guys that broke Uh, the camel's back. They took the bread from Jimmy's mouth. And here we are moving right along. There's the guy that sidelined Jimmy. Can we get to Ford Field and the Detroit Lions, please? Uh, yeah, we can get there. Yeah, so 29 Ford Field. Okay, that's you. Okay. Yeah. All right, go go to 29 then. go to. You want to talk about Ford Field? Go to 29. This stadium is just over 20 years old. It's actually hosted a Super Bowl. And it was a famous Super Bowl, the Seahawks and Steelers, Jerome Bettis. But it's located in the heart of Detroit, 70,000, Dome Stadium. And it was designed like a former Hudson's warehouse, which was like a department store in the Detroit area with skylights and windows. It's 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 blah to me, Rob. It's blah to me. I guess maybe the Detroit Lions have become a little bit more relevant with their success on the field, but the stadium itself doesn't stick out. It doesn't have anything, any type of draw to it. Um, it's just a place to house a football game. And um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't find anything attractive that would incline me to rank it higher. Mm-hmm. OK, I feel that. Um, I like it, um, just cause of location, 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 uh, you know, like you know, Detroit, Michigan. Well, they got to work with what they got. They can't be the Detroit lions playing, playing in, playing in Indianapolis or something like that. So, you know, they, they got to work with what they got, right. But what I love about it is the Detroit lions. I have them a little bit further down, uh, the Detroit lions, their stadium is next to their baseball stadium, next to their hockey and basketball arena. So, you know, I love the fact that you can go to a baseball game. You can go to you know, all different arenas right. if you wanted right. to. Love that's it. a good point. That's a fair point. I, and that's that's a good point made. Um, okay. So so there you are. I'm gonna rattle off a couple. I put I put the uh the Titans. Uh, a little, uh, we're, we're going stadium. So Titans 29, the stadium's not good. But what I will say about the Tennessee Titans is that uh, their stadium, and I don't think you talked about it because it's coming up on 29 for you or 28 for you, Nissan Stadium, 1999 in Nashville, 69,000 capacity, newly turfed from grass. I'm hesitant to put it so far back just because of the location. Again, you're on the river. Like, you're, you you walk over the bridge from Nashville. You're walking distance from Nashville. So I love that. You and I went there recently. We hung out in Nashville in the morning, and then we started walking over the bridge and came to uh, came to Nissan Stadium at 12 o'clock. Now, the stadium is absolutely terrible. I will probably say it's a, it's a 1 out of 10. They need a massive overhaul there, but the turkey leg has to continue, Rick. The freaking turkey leg has to 
come with the new stadium, which there is going to be a new stadium built, I think, in the next five years. That's exactly right, Rob. And that's why they're moving on from the old Nissan Stadium. They just agreed to a um, new deal with Nissan for the naming rights to the new stadium, which is going to be bonkers. It's going to be domed. It's going to host the Super Bowl. It's going to have Final Fours. Uh, This thing's going to be a game changer for the city of Nashville. Just look out, folks. They better make that airport better because that airport is atrocious right now. (laughs) they They could use some work there. Now, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to go to number 27, Buffalo Bills Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. This is 1973. This stadium is 50 years old. It's known as the Ralph. What's kind of neat about the stadium is it's actually 50 feet below ground level. It's a lot like it's a lot like the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the University of Michigan plays. It's a monstrosity. Like if you look at it. It's got 71, almost 72,000 seats in it. and But when you're walking up to it, it's not that impressive of a structure because it doesn't go up high like a traditional stadium. It's built so far down into the ground, which is how they used to build a lot of older stadiums, uh, specifically ones up in the north that kind of take out the wind and uh, not have to deal with architecturally building upward. You go down, it's a different concept that we're not really used to, but it's what they did to build the stadium back in the 70s. Um, the Bills have had some success over the years. They went to four straight Super Bowls. Um, there's been a lot of famous games played at Highmark Stadium. Yeah. But the stadium is is so bad that they, too, are slated for a new ballpark in the coming years. And I think that's a common trend you'll see here in the bottom third of these stadiums we're talking about. They're on their way out. At one point, they were great. But current state... They don't have the amenities, the suites, the unique features that the new ballparks do. Yep. Yep. I, um, Hey, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I got them at uh, 28. So I got them at 28. Um, and then we have the Browns at, uh, at 27. Uh, the, I don't think you have the, you have the Browns on the back half here, buddy. I do. I have them ranked at 22. They're a little bit higher up. I mean, Rob, there's nothing wrong with putting them where you had them. They're literally known for the mistake on the lake. That is what the Cleveland Browns stadium known as Brown stadium is known for this mistake on the lake. Uh, it's built in Cleveland. It is almost always frigid and windy uh, anytime past September. It seats 67,000. One of the unique things that it does have is an underground heating coiling system, which we're familiar with in Lambeau and some other places like Pittsburgh. But that was something that these NFL teams in the north started to put into their ballparks underneath the actual grass itself so that when the temperatures get below freezing, the field, the playing surface doesn't turn into concrete. Uh, and become extremely difficult and slippery and just really rock solid and kind yeah. of problematic. Yeah. So I love that they have that in that stadium. And then they have the famous dog pound. So uh, much like uh, like the Oakland and now Las Vegas Raiders have the black hole with extremely passionate fans who sit behind the end zone and are always dressed up. The Cleveland Browns have a fan base called the dog pound. It can get a little ruckus. And when the team is vying for the playoffs, it's a pretty cool atmosphere, but the stadium is, uh, you know, it's 25 years, coming up on 25 years old. And uh, that's my take on the Brown Stadium. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, look, I haven't been there, but I just know that it gets frigid. It gets so cold. So to be there to watch a game, I mean, 
I feel like the only place that should be outdoors in in, in that area is Lambo. <laughs> like Lambo will never have a dome on it forever. Um, so I think they should dome it. I think they should dome it. I don't know much about it. I just know that it gets really cold. <laughs> hey, you and I, are, we don't like the cold. I'll tell you that much, brother. No, sir. What's the next one on your rankings? Um, so I got the bangles. The bangles on my rankings there. Um, not not a huge, not I don't know much about it. Just doesn't seem like a stadium that appeals to me. I'm gonna save that one for next episode because I do have them just in the cusp of my top 20. In fact, they are my 20th ranked stadium. So to tee off our next episode, I'll really dive into the Bengals stadium. But um, do you want to take the lead on the next one? I have the Bills in the next slot. Perfect. Uh, I'll round out a couple here. Uh, one that we haven't talked about yet is, believe it or not, the Caesars Superdome down in New Orleans in La- in in Louisiana. This stadium, Rob, is incredibly famous. It's actually the largest fixed dome structure in the world. So um, a pretty impressive structure. Uh, I've been there before. It will uh, kind of blow you away as far as how big it is. They've done renovations over the years. It's just taken such a beating from all of the hurricanes and the storms. And don't get me wrong. New Orleans is fantastic. And the everything around it, it's, it's, it's really great. Don't get me wrong. But I just think the stadium itself is, 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 is in need of uh, upgrades and, and just, I wouldn't be opposed to a new stadium built in the same location that just looks like a stadium built in 2023, not 1975. And most notably, I think it's hosted uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina with people in need uh, all coming and rallying around that city in the Superdome. So uh, there's that cool feature to it. But if we're just talking about an NFL uh, game day experience, um, it, it, you know, they got great fans. Don't get me wrong. But the stadium itself is is tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have it uh, just a little bit further down as well. Um, I have the Bears Stadium. I know you had it a little bit higher on this ranking. So there. And then um, this might surprise you, but I have the Texan Stadium at I'm jumping all the way down to 22 on my list. I think we covered everything. The Texan stadium. I know it's hosted Super Bowls. I've been there once, twice. Yeah. Maybe three times, three times. I'm not impressed. I'm not really impressed with anything about it. I mean, it's got the dome. It's got a retractable dome, but it's a little bit older. Um, I don't know if you have the stats on it, Rick, or anything like that, but um, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't scream anything to me. It cracked my top 20, NRG Stadium. I'd love to talk more with you on that our next episode. I'd love to get our Houston fans, uh, you know, get their take on it between now and then. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't blame you. They're, they're around that cusp area. For me, Rob, uh, two stadiums we haven't discussed in the bottom third for me is uh, the Baltimore Ravens, M&T Bank Stadium. This one is in the heart of Baltimore, very dangerous area. They play a lot of night games over there. It is High, high criminal uh, activity. They are just known for that, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Seats over 70,000. And the fun fact about this stadium, it was the stadium featured in the legendary replacements with Keanu Reeves movie. So for me, M&T Bank Stadium, uh, nice to drive by when you're on 95, heading north or south along the Atlantic coast. But... um, yeah, not 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 really a doozy of a stadium for me. Just a kind of twenty-five-year-old blah. 
Yeah. Uh, um, I, it's not there. I think it cracks my my next list right there. Yeah. Um, I uh, I might take a heat for this, but I mean, it's 21. Like, you probably have it a little bit further down. I have the Patriots. Um, I'm, I've been to that stadium three or four times. It's got the bridge. Okay, whatever. But again, location, location, location. I just think it's a horrible location in Foxborough. It's not close to Boston. I get it. They're the New England Patriots. You know, people are coming from Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, whatever, Vermont, New Hampshire. But my point is, it's like, it's got to be close to a city. They've done an, they've done a good job building up around it with shops and everything. But I'm just not impressed with the stadium either. Every time I've gone, I'm, I'm like, eh, it's an okay stadium. Yeah, it's a lot like the Bills Highmark Stadium where it's like one way in, one way out. Uh, we'll get into that more a little bit, Gillette Stadium, in the next episode. Uh, I do have them just on the inside of my top 20 as well. Um, but, yeah, they've they've been featured a lot over the years with Mr. Tom Brady. Uh, so a lot to dig in on Gillette Stadium in our next episode. And I'll just cap it off here, Rob, is the last stadium in my bottom top worst stadiums, if you will, uh, in the NFL. And I hate to do this to them, but it's the Miami Dolphins and it's Hard Rock Stadium. This mm. stadium was built in 1987, before we were born. It's in technically Miami Gardens, off the beaten trail a little bit. It's uh, a little bit out on its own, but, you know, you get there and you've got a 64,000-seat stadium. They did actually spend almost the amount of money you would spend on a brand-new stadium back in 2016 – when they installed a canopy feature, a canopy feature that covers the seating. So it's not a dome enclosed structure. It's simply a canopy that covers the seats because a lot of times it's extremely hot or rainstorms blow through on a whim and it keeps the fans covered unless it's kind of like on a windy situation with rain yeah, sun, depending on where what angle you're at, some of the fans do catch a lot of the sun. But this stadium was originally built for the Marlins baseball team as well, too. And it just takes you back to that era where baseball and football teams shared stadiums. And it doesn't, if you walk the concourse and whatnot, doesn't have the flair a new stadium does. But uh, a lot of famous uh, Super Bowls have been played down there, as well as other events. Recently, they had a Super Bowl there with the Chiefs and – or the uh, 49ers. Yeah, Yeah, 49ers and Chiefs. That's exactly right. That was right before COVID started. You were were in the vicinity for that. You weren't at the game. You were in the vicinity. That's true. So that's that's where I stand with my bottom 10. Your bottom 10, where it sounds like a lot of overlap. I'm excited to get into the the meat, the middle, like the hamburger patty of the ratings in our next episode – I hope the Brothers Brand Faithful enjoyed this episode. They know who we are by now, but in case they don't, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening.